0: Of fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome
1: into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. Welcome back into another episode of the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider over at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Extremely excited about today's episode. It is the 77th episode of the Sidelines Podcast, and the featured guest is Boston Celtics wing Jason Tatum. This is a kid that I covered really since his freshman year of high school, and now obviously he's coming off a terrific rookie season and heading into his second second year in the MBA. The conversation between Tatum and I focused on what his summer looked like from a workout standpoint. We discussed what he learned from working out with Kobe Bryant, a guy that he grew up idolizing. We discussed going against LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals and the embrace that they had after it, and then we jumped into some advice that he would give to the high schoolers and the best high school players in the country. Before we get to that conversation with Jason Tatum, I want to make sure that you are supporting the Sidelines Podcast. The best way for you to do that is to go over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button for me. You can also leave a rating and a review. Both of those things are extremely helpful. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. My handles are at Evan Daniels. Would love to know what you think about the podcast. Without further ado, let's jump to that conversation with Bob. Boston Celtics wing, Jason Tatum. It's time to go man -man with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now let's welcome back to the podcast for the second time, Boston Celtics wing, Jason Tatum. Jason, how you doing, man? Good, how you doing? I am doing well, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out and jumping on the podcast. I know you were pretty busy this time of year. Training camp started. I know you guys had media day. Coming off a summer of working out. How was the summer? First summer was
0: good. Taking time off. Traveled. Traveled a lot all over the country. Got a chance to go to China. It was a real eventful summer. Got to have some fun. Got a lot of work in. I was happy with my summer.
1: What was the best place you went? The best place I went was China. Just you know, going there
0: over there for the first time with Nike basketball and getting to experience a different culture and you know, just being on the other side of the world. Of course.
1: I'm curious. What what was the the biggest difference for you this summer compared to last summer when you know you're gearing up for your rookie season? You know, last
0: time I was. You know, preparing for the draft, so just trying to get ready for all the draft workouts in this summer. You know, I I didn't work out as much. You know, obviously, I took a lot of time off. I played 101 games. You know, I, I knew what I needed to work on. You know, just to be ready for training camp in the season.
1: I think one thing that that not everyone thinks about all the time is just how many games that you all play. You said over 100 games, and for you being your rookie season, you've never played that many grueling games before. What was that experience like for you? I mean, I'm sure you really had to focus on taking care of your body.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was new. There were a lot of ups and downs. There were some tough stretches, you know, throughout 100 games. But through the course of the season, you find out what works best for you and find a good routine. And it just takes time to adjust to something totally new.
1: From a developmental standpoint, Jason, what, what was kind of your focus during your summer workouts? What were you really focused on trying to get better at?
0: Understanding that I needed to get stronger as well as focusing on what shots I knew I was going to get, you know, making sure that I worked on those reads, just trying to work on things finishing around round the rim, finishing
1: through contact. Now, I remember asking Drew Hanlon about you, and Drew is obviously somebody you spend a lot of time with working out, but I asked him, what about you is so special? And he talked about a time when you were 13 and you all worked on a pivot move for five straight days, and he said you all did it without ever shooting a ball, and then two weeks later you used it in a game. What kind of motivated you at a young age to put that type of detail into learning those type of moves and and working out. For me, I just I understood, you know, it was a process and
0: I always wanted to be the best player that I could be and I really just wanted to just work on at, at a young age just developing a, a work ethic. You know, that's what I knew was going to separate me from at the time. It was all about you know, trying to be ranked and you know get scholarships so that I was just trying to separate myself from other players around the country in my class.
1: Now it's it's not a secret at this point how much you've studied and followed Kobe Bryant over the years and I know you had an opportunity to work out with him this summer. What led to that? How did that come about? Kobe did the detailed
0: thing I during mean, the playoffs and shortly reached out after that and talked with a little bit during the playoffs and you know, once it was over they told me, you know, if I was ever out in LA that we could meet up and you know, talk and get in the gym and I mean it was as simple as that. I was out there, you know, we just communicated, told me a time and a place and I was there.
1: What what was that experience like for you? It was, it was a real moment for me
0: just growing up idolizing him and you know, just getting the chance to talk to him face to face, pick his brain and you know work out with him it was cool
1: what would you say was maybe the biggest thing that you learned from spending time with him in the gym obviously there's there's a level of detail that comes with you know his game and that's something that he's known for but what was maybe the biggest lesson that you learned from being with him in the gym
0: I think it's really just picking his brain and getting into his mind and his mindset you know him just talking about what what he would look for when he was on the court and where he would see and where he was trying to attack the defender
1: Now, you've always been a confident player with an advanced game, even really dating back to your high school days when I saw you all the time. But did you think that the type of season that you had in your rookie year, I mean, did you think going in that it was possible for you to have that good of a season as a rookie?
0: Yeah, I just didn't know that it would be on that big of a stage, like on the playoffs and on such a good team. Coming to the year, I thought, I guess before the draft, I just assumed that I was going to go to a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs. And I was going to be able to showcase and all I could do and put up big numbers, but, you know, being a losing team, it was a surprise being on the Celtics and having such a big role on the Celtics.
1: What was maybe the biggest adjustment for you going from the college game to the NBA game? Is there anything that you can pinpoint that really stuck out that kind of took you a little time to get used to?
0: I mean, learning, that, you know, you're playing for a whole new team, holding the teammates coaching staff holding the playbook terminology routine the physical part of the game because I was a teenager and I came into the league so just playing against you know, all these guys who have been in the league 10-12 years and I think just the physical aspect of it was super tough
1: what about a favorite moment Jason obviously you had some pretty good ones but what was your favorite moment of the year or, or play or does anything stick out in your mind
0: there was a few. I think during the season, just anytime the first time I got to play against the guy I looked up to. So the first night was LeBron when we finally played Golden State. I remember at tip off I was standing next to KD, and then when we played OKC, Paul George and Melo, two guys I've always you know looked up to. So those are like my favorite moments during the year, just playing against guys that you know, I've always looked up to him. and then just the playoffs just being able to flourish on the biggest stage and just earn the respect of my peers meant a lot.
1: Did you ever kind of I don't know relish in the moment when you're you know standing next to LeBron and kind of think to yourself like how the heck did I get here you know I've done that some in my career like how, how did how did I get to this place at this time that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah you know I just I can remember I was yesterday knowing this. this skills academy camp and you know meeting them when I was in fourth grade so fast time goes by and you know, now we're playing against each other in the playoffs.
1: It seems like every rookie kind of has a welcome to the NBA type moment. What would you consider yours to be?
0: I think well, it was the first game, my first shot in NBA. I remember LeBron blocked it into the stands. So that was like my welcome to the NBA moment.
1: Got it. Now I know in the playoffs last year you were talking about the big stage and obviously getting to flourish on that stage as a rookie is a big deal and in those Eastern Conference finals against the Cavs you had a play where you dunked on LeBron and uh, you kind of turned around and flexed on him a little and and the look on his face was priceless. Did that ever get brought up?
0: I mean not between me and hell (laughs) uh, but a lot of people like to talk about that and it was maybe the best play I've ever made and guess what you know, the best, if not the best, but one of the best players to ever play. So something I'll always, you know, forever
1: remember. For sure. A lot of what you, you kind of just said kind of goes back to that Drake line when he talks about, you know, your idols becoming your rivals. Did it feel like you kind of went through that during your rookie year and you know, you're going into your sophomore season in the NBA and I would imagine your mentality changes a little. Yeah, you
0: know, I'm just a lot more confident, you know, and and relaxed this year. Just building off what I did last year. Just trying to keep that going cuz coming into the season last year, that was new. I didn't know what
1: to expect. After those grueling Eastern Conference Finals, you and LeBron shared kind of an embrace. What did that mean to you having, you know, somebody that's arguably the best player in the game and in the NBA show you a level of respect like that? Uh
0: it it meant it meant everything.
1: You know, for somebody that that looks up to him.
0: And I think that's what all the, the really good young players are just. We just want to earn the respect of all the guys, you know, that are at the top of the league. You know, they show you that level of respect, you know, it's, it's a great film.
1: It seems like from the outside looking in that, that a lot of the older players, whether it be LeBron or Chris Paul or Carmelo or Paul George, it seems like that they've done a really good job of taking the younger players in the league kind of under their wings. Like you saw it a little with Donovan Mitchell and, and seen it a little with you and a couple of other guys. Do you kind of see that? And, and it seems like it's just really good for the league.
0: Yeah, because you know, at the end of the day, you know, all the young guys like myself and Donovan, were like we're in the NBA, but you know, a year ago today, you know, we were rookies, so we still looked up to. Well, I mean, even when we were in college, you know, we played the video game with these guys. We would buy their shoes and you know, watch them on TV, and watch them on YouTube. Even though you know we were out there and we deserved to be on the court with them, it's still that level of you know we look up to them and, and they understand that and right. And they do a great job of, you know, embracing the young guys because, obviously, you know, there was a point in time when, you know, they looked up to guys when they came to the league.
1: What do you think are reasonable expectations, and not just for the Celtics, but but for you individually coming into this year? Obviously, you shot the ball extremely well last year, the best you've shot the ball from the three-point line, and you're, really your whole career, you know, better than you did in high school, better than you in college. I think, I don't know that I expect you to shoot 43%, but I knew that you would be a good three-point shooter in time. How do you build on those expectations?
0: I mean, just keep working. I'm sure I won't get as many open looks as I did this year. I mean, it's past year, so
1: I may not shoot 43%,
0: but hopefully I can get somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. At what point, Jason, in your basketball career, did you kind of realize that stardom was in your sights or that you, would, you had a chance to be really good at this game and make it to the NBA and have this type of impact?
0: I think after my freshman year, I mean, when I was growing up, always every
1: kid wants to go to the NBA,
0: but after my freshman year, I, I thought, well, I knew that it was looking like a real possibility, and, you know, just really just day after day, you know, it was more of, I don't want to just go to the NBA, I want to be a lottery pick, now I want to be a top five pick, now I want to be the first pick, and you now, as I got older, it was you no, know, I want to win the MVP one day, and things like that. Like I just didn't want to just make it. I want to want to be one of the best guys in the league.
1: Do you think even back to your high school days? I'm curious about this. Like that, your mentality was different than maybe some of your peers from that standpoint. Yes and no. I think
0: we all, you know, everybody in my class, you know, they talked about, you know, they want to be the best and stuff like that. But I think just the way I went about it was different. You know, just actually, you know, wanting it and getting up every morning at five thirty and going to work out. You know, just to prove and to everybody that you know I was as good as they said I was, and I was going to continue to you know keep getting
1: better. You know, conversely, I, I think every player during the course of their career faces adversity in some way. Obviously, some more than others. What would you say has been the toughest thing that you've had to overcome to this point in your basketball career?
0: I broke my toe when I was in college. I was out for six weeks, first time I ever been injured, so that was extremely tough for me because I was I had a great preseason. I did great at both the pro days and I got hurt the day after pro day. So, I had to sit back for six weeks and watch all the guys that I felt like I was better than, you know, on TV and, you know, getting talked about in the draft rankings and, you know, I felt like people were forgetting about me. Mentally, that was tough. Do
1: you think that that made you better in the long run, though, going through that?
0: Yeah, it it made me appreciate the game more since I was out and I couldn't play. You know, it makes you really appreciate it when you get back to the game.
1: For sure. Now let's switch gears to your all's current team. W- what are kind of your team expectations for this coming season? Obviously, you got Kyrie back, Gordon Hayward's back. How do you guys kind of all coexist? Because this is really a different team than you all had last year with those two guys back on the floor.
0: I'm really excited. Just we've had two or three days of practice, and just the level of competition and talent that we have on the floor, that you know, just really gets all of us excited you
1: know, about how special we can be this year. Do you all play differently with those guys back?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot more talent out there, with, especially with those two guys. So it makes the game easier and hopefully makes the game
1: tougher for our it's opponents. It, and I know you've, obviously, because of the Duke ties and, and everything, I'm sure you've been playing with Kyrie for a long time. But what's it like playing with a guy that dynamic that can handle the ball the way he can but can find guys? Like, it's got to be pretty fun to play with a guy like him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's truly special. He never seems to amaze me, you know, each and every day. You know, just the thing that he can do on the court. You know, with
1: the ball, never seen anything quite like it. (laughs) Do you think, obviously, with LeBron going to the Lakers, the Eastern Conference, I think, opens up a little. And I actually, I'm sure you saw these, but Tristan Thompson – made some comments at Media Day that the Eastern Conference crown still goes through Cleveland. And I noticed some of your teammates chimed in on it on Twitter and Joel Embiid chimed in on, it on Twitter. Obviously, they're not the same team. Do you think that, you know, with the way that you all played in the playoffs that it actually really goes through the Celtics, not the Cavs? I
0: mean, that's, that's that's how it looks. Man. Everybody is crowning us, you know, the, the king of the geese right now. But obviously, we, we love our chances, but, you know, we know, we know it won't be a cakewalk. Of course. There are a lot of talented teams in the East. I mean, we got a long season ahead. Anything can happen. People get down, get traded. The dynamic of of teams can change. So, uh, I mean, nothing's set in stone yet.
1: Now, I know uh, your close friend and college teammate, Harry Giles, is going to be back on the court this season. You know his game as well as anyone. Played with him in high school and college. What are your expectations for him in in his first real year in the league?
0: I'm excited. From what I've seen, he looks healthy. He's telling me he's feeling great and ready to go. Sky's the limit for him. I just hope he, he can stay healthy and you know, he can win Rookie of the Year this year.
1: And not too long ago, you were in high school. What advice, Jason, would you give to the rising stars in high school now? If if you had to, you know, if you could talk to the junior or senior year in high school, Jason Tatum, what would you tell him? What advice would you give him? Not to rush the NBA.
0: to, to Enjoy high school and, and enjoy college.
1: Do a congratulations. You recently became a father. What has that experience like for you, and how has that changed kind of your mentality and mindset just about life?
0: I mean, it's, it's been life-changing for the better, and I'm um, enjoying it and loving it
1: every day. You know, it's the best feeling in the world. Right before I let you go, Jason, I wanted to hit you with a couple quick hitters. You just kind of tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Best player you've ever played against? LeBron. 2018 NBA champion is? <laughs> the showcase. 2018 NCAA basketball champion. Duke. Favorite musician. Great. There's one question I like to ask all my guests on the show before I let them go. If you weren't playing basketball, Jason, what would you be doing with your life? What career path would you be headed on? Maybe
0: coaching basketball. It'd have to be something to do with basketball. Awesome. Gotcha.
1: Well, Jason, man, I know you're busy. I really appreciate you taking the time out and jumping on the show. Thank you. No, No problem. Hey guys, Evan Daniels here. More of the Sidelines podcast is on the way. But first, a quick word from Lightstream. If you're thinking about saving money this fall, why not start by paying less interest on your credit card balances? Refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. It's an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with AutoPay. This is much lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 18%. APR. Not to mention, you could get your funds as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees. So say goodbye to high interest credit cards this fall and start saving with Lightstream. And get this, my listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash sidelines. That's L-I-G-H-T s t r e a m.com slash sidelines subject to credit approval rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice visit lightstream.com slash sidelines for more information Thank you guys for listening. The best way you can support this podcast is to shoot over Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button for me. Also, it would be helpful if you leave a rating and a review. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter, at Evan Daniels. Would love to know what you think about the podcast. As always, thanks for listening, and have a great week.